Have you been enjoying listening to these free podcasts? I've been really enjoying making them. I'm not asking you for money for myself. I don't want to be paid for making these. But I do want to do some more things with this show and also with Stand Up Tragedy. If you want to help me to do this, I'd be really grateful because I can't do it on my own. I need a little bit of help. So please give what you can. Go along to the Indiegogo campaign. Type into your browser bit.ly forward slash GBA and S-U-T. It'll be great if I can hit my target. It'll be great if I even get somewhere towards that target. With the money, what I'm going to do is pay the performers who will be performing at Stand Up Tragedy and go on some more GBA road trips back to places where I have no real access to. And I'll be interviewing some more people there, remembering those places and taking some of your favourite guests along for the ride with me. In a lot of ways, I think I'm more together now than I was then. But in a lot of ways, I think I'm just better at dealing with randomness. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Today we are getting better acquainted <laughs> with Lucy. Hello Lucy. Hey Before we start, I should just explain we're in Chapter Arts Centre in Cardiff. So that's what you can hear in the background. And I've come back to Cardiff to record people from my past. And me and Lucy, well, the first question I'm normally asking people is, when did you meet me? But first of all, I guess, when was the last time we saw each other before today? I think it was at an awards ceremony in Cantonian. And it was about two years, it was really weird, it was about two years after we actually left school. Oh god, yeah. And you were wearing a big black hat and looked slightly like Van Morrison. <laughs> and yeah, it was just really weird because I just, I think like quite a few people there felt really, really old and not sure why I was receiving awards for things I did about two or three years before. And yeah, but I didn't really get much of a chance to catch her. No. So I guess really before that would probably be level results yeah. or something like that. Probably like we all went out yeah, I should yeah, think yeah. after res- results day. Still going on maybe like 11 years. When did you first meet me? This is a weird one. Probably I think when we were doing Calamity Jane. Oh yeah that's right. And it, So that was some drama. I yeah. music for drama it would be. And it's the sort of thing you know you, when you, you did like drama or something you'd come out for protection and knowing loads and loads of people that you didn't even speak to before so I think that was it and then you know, we both in plays together that's right both into choir and stuff and you were, you were in the year above me yeah as most of my friends really were yeah yeah and then when I went back a year in sixth form then we were in the same English class together that's right we used to sit together in English yeah. and sort of quite vocal and yeah and we sort of went to Metro the Angel and that's we did and that's the funny thing about uh, Cantonian is so many people ended up going back a year that all of my friends in the year above ended up being in my year by the end of sixth form which was good it was cool yeah why why did you go back a year I can't remember that basically I started sixth form and I had sort of chosen A levels that I'd got the best grades in which was slightly random. As soon as we started, really, I felt like I, you know, I didn't settle. I don't know why, because it wasn't that big a change or anything. And then I went to Norway on a youth choir tour in the October, and I fractured my wrist. And it was my left wrist because I was doing D and T. It was quite difficult to hold stuff, and I hated D and T anyway. Design technology. So, yeah, design technology. So I thought well, it's one of the four A levels I'm doing. I don't really need it. So. I'll drop it and just and I think before that at the beginning of the year I dropped English Lit because I didn't enjoy that so I took English Lit back up again in sort of the last few weeks of term like the winter term you know did well in the mock and then it was New Year's Eve I think I was out whilst I'm drunk to stay back for you know whilst I'm drunk at 17 um, yeah, that's right. In the None angel. of us were drunk yeah. at 17 in, in the, the angel. angel. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I got my the top of my finger oh God, on my right yes. hand chopped off. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, yeah, I do remember yeah. it. It's, it's kind of and in it, my notes. Yeah, to sort of and talk it was about. really weird because Woody's dad was the bouncer. That's and, right. And I remember him saying, I'm really sorry, but you've lost the top finger. And me looking at the floor and seeing like the door sweep over the top and thinking, okay, don't fade, don't fade, don't fade. So I spent that new year in A&E watching Philip Schofield bring in the new year with Amy holding my finger in a bag of ice. Oh, God. And they couldn't stitch back on, so I couldn't write. So I'd just come back to do English Lit. Couldn't write. And then when the bandages came off and I began to write again, we were away for like the English annual thing. And I think we went to Brecon. Brecon Beacon. Yeah, I went yeah, to Brecon yeah, yeah. in that cottage. And I was really ill and it turned out I had pneumonia. And I just thought, no, I've had a get spell. I've had it. It's just not really enjoying six form or anything, I'm so stressed. So I just started looking at universities as well, and, and I wanted to do geography at Royal Holloway. And I just thought, right, quit school, I'll go back in September. So I just quit school, had a break at my hours in Great Smith, where I was doing my Saturday job, learned to drive, just went out a lot, just kind of chilled out a bit. Yeah, that's I'm right, because you could drive, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, and it was, it was really good. And then I went back, and that was really hard, going back into sixth form, just because I'd had a really close group of friends who were now in the episodes. And I knew the girls, and obviously you, like from choir and stuff, but they were a very tight-knit group as well. They were. And, and a, lot, a lot different to our group. Like, the boys in my year in sixth form were a bit... Just kind of faded into the background, really. Yeah. Whereas there were lots of sort of like sporty guys, and I just found it really hard. And then the following year, then when I was in the upper six, my sister was in the lower six. That's right. And that was really weird for me. Just really bizarre. And I was, I just felt like the oldest six former. So I ended up being almost 20 when I left school. Although you, you weren't the oldest six former, though, because some people went back even more, like. Couple of years. It was like Titch, wasn't he? Yeah, was like about 30 when he left. Baglow, yeah, yeah, Baglow went yeah. back and um, my mate Alex went That's back. That's right, yeah. yeah. It just, I suppose, I, yeah, I did enjoy that part of Six Form so much. I liked all the social stuff, I loved going out, I liked obviously like, all the music, all the drama, I think that's what got me through, but I just. I realised then that actually doing academic type things wasn't for me. Yeah. And I should have chosen completely different A levels. Been a lot happier. It's but funny, then isn't it? but then if you don't I think if I hadn't, then I might not be where I am today. So That's everything right. happens for a reason. I mean I'm like that. I mean I look at what I chose to do at university yeah. wasn't the best course for me, but I don't regret doing it because everything that came after yeah. wouldn't have happened without I wouldn't have met my girlfriend or sort of things like that yeah exactly so it's funny like six form I look back on that's that's the only bit of school I enjoyed yeah like before that I didn't enjoy it yeah at all yeah. it's interesting to know that there was someone at the same time having a sort of slightly different kind yeah. of experience of it I think it's that age where you just don't say anything or I, I felt like I'd really kind of failed in a way as well because I'd always been I'd always worked really hard and I'd always done really well in school and then for me to go back here and I didn't do as well in my A-levels as I was expected to or I wanted to I just thought, you know what, I just feel like I've completely screwed everything up yeah. and it's only when you're older you kind of see that actually it's not a big deal No, it feels so big then It's such it? a big deal and no, I remember that was a very dramatic night when you lost the end of your finger. Yeah. Like we were all in complete like it was really like you were rushed away and yeah. we were like it, I don't know it felt like I don't know it felt like something like it kind of felt like you died or something like ridiculously. It, everyone was like, oh my god, you know what? Oh my god, what's happened to Lucy? Yeah, it was really dramatic. But you can write fine now. Oh well, yeah, pretty I can. Much yeah, fine. and it's quite interesting when I get some kid in school saying, you know, the older ones will say things like, yes, yeah, so what's, you know, what happened to you? And I'll tell them, and then you'll get some children who've got no tact to say, oh my god, look at Miss William's finger. Uh, <laughs> and you kind of feel a bit freak showish. But um, 
I'm fine with it now. Because you work in a primary school, don't you? That's the yeah. other question I ask people, yeah. what do you do now? I mean, that age, they don't have a filter to sort of no. be taxable, really. No. Some of them do. Yeah, at the older age. Or even younger. It depends if they've... Yeah. If they're younger siblings, they're normally more tactful than the, mm. the first one. It depends. I mean, I don't mind, really. I'm, I'm really used to it. My face is quite thick skin. It doesn't bother me. No. It's not even that noticeable, no. I don't think, anymore. And, yeah. It makes an impact when I get some on the finger, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, yeah. So after we knew each other... Mm. You went to uni to do anthropology, is that right? Yeah. My um, Facebook research is uh, oh, yeah. impressive. Here. I started my course doing English and anthropology and just found English really dry and really dull. And so I just kept with the anthropology and I enjoyed it. I, I remember a lot of it still, but it was very much an academic course. And best marks I got for the whole entire degree. One of them was for a presentation where I just talked about my dissertation, loved doing the research for my dissertation, loved chatting to people, everything, talked about my dissertation, got like a first in that module. And another, my other best module was where we had to do something called, what was it, recasting ritual, where we had to talk about a ritual we'd experienced. Oh, Hogmanay, that sounds interesting. Now, I've never even been to Scotland, let alone participated in Hogmanay in Edinburgh. But I got quite a good imagination, so I wrote a really good essay, and I got first <laughs> So, you know, obviously the only two things that I'm good at are talking and using my imagination. Well, that's, they're good things to be good at. Yeah, yeah. I hated uni. Did you? I hated it, I hated it. Why did you hate it? I just found it really hard going. I just... And I think if my A-levels had shown me that I'm not very good at sitting and reading and concentrating for a long period of time, then my, my degree just highlighted that. And I got really depressed. And I say hated it because I think that wasn't the only reason. I mean, I always loved going out and partying. always out of town and drinking and everything. All the way through school. So going to uni with some people who are only just 18, first time they've ever been let Of off course, because you're a little bit older yeah. as well. Yeah, and they were like, wow, look at this, I'm getting hit, it's It's like, yeah, I've been doing that since I was 14, you know, it's not Time to move on, maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I didn't enjoy that, and I, but what? I made really good friends. Yeah. So, you know, my, my friend Tuna, who I lived with for three years, she's just moved back to Cardiff, my friend Helen, who lived with us as well, she's in Oz, but, you know, we keep and where did you go to uni? Swansea. Swansea. Yes. So you, the, the, the two universities that people seem to go to who live, who come from Cardiff are either Swansea or Aberystwyth. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Yeah, it's weird. And it was great, you know, living in Swansea and, and I stayed there. I thought I'd come home, but I stayed there and worked. I worked for a year in the Citizens Advice as an office manager. So that was really interesting, I loved that. And part-time I worked as a youth worker as well. Which was really interesting because you'd kind of see all the cases in the day and then you'd see all the kids of the parents you saw in the day in the evening. Okay. And that was really good. And I mean, you know, I'm getting through to these young people. If I can have that effect like two nights a week, maybe I'll be good at teaching. So I don't know anything about private teaching. Right. I got on the course, had a ball on my PGC course, just loved it. Worked really hard, but played really hard <laughs> as well. And I think because it was practical and I could put things into context, then I found it much easier. So, yeah, so I stayed in Toronto for five years. Did you move back to Cardiff? After my PGC, well, actually before it ended, I got a job in London. Oh, right, yeah. That's... And that was kind of weird because. It was the Monday I started, so I did two weeks supply at the end of term, the end of the semester. It was just after the 7 7 bombings, and everyone uh, was kind of like, You're still gonna go, you're still gonna go. Of course, yeah, you know, you do. And I was in East London as well, and that, that was quite weird. And it was hard work, just the nature of teaching and being an NQT, having a satchel. And I was really homesick. And I think it taught me a couple of things about London. Is you know you have to live where there's a tube station. That is screwed. I think that is definitely yeah. true. Yeah. So I came back then, and I went 
to, that was, I had a year in London and went back, got a job teaching in Fairwater Primary. Well, wow, that was my little sister's school. Oh, it was where I used to go to oh, school. Oh, wow, yeah, of course, it well. would have been, yeah, 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 yeah. And my parents went there as well, so that was weird. Um, yeah, what was <laughs> it like teaching in the place that you once were a student? It, it was quite nice to go back, actually. I was teaching quite a lot of kids, or they were kids who I sort of see in after school clubs and things, of people who we went to school with. So that was quite odd. And just seeing like mums and stuff around, I think, I remember what you were like in school. Yeah, I'm not, I'm surprised they've turned out, you know. <laughs> and there were also a few teachers as well who were still there who, who were taught me. Oh, right. So that was quite odd, but it was nice. Did you get on with did you Yeah, really get well. On with them? Really, really well. I was a good student in my <laughs> It must be strange for them as well to have yeah, students become so. a teacher. Yeah, I think it's nice though. Yeah, um, it is. It's kind of community feel. Yeah, and if everybody sort of had that continuity. Yeah, going exactly. Through. My contract there was for a year. Now I got another job teaching in Springwood in Panadin, which was hard. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> At the end of that year, I just thought I'd have a good school. Didn't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy teaching. Got really disaffected by it. But I thought, well, there's no point going in. I'll get out of it. I'll do something else. So to get some money, I became an Alzheimer's rat. It's kind of like teaching because you've got like a captive audience. Yeah. It's usually practical demonstrations and games and getting people interested. You're showing objects, but it's just slightly different audience. So that was women buying marital aids. Okay. Yeah, and kind of maids' costumes and stuff. That was awesome. I loved doing that. But it was kind of evening work. Yeah. So, so it had a bit of an impact on my social life. So I did some, yeah, I did some supply teaching. I started working in Insole Court in London, the Heritage Interpretation Project. I was the project officer. That was just kind of recruiting and training volunteers, setting up an interpretation project about the history of Insole Court, working with the 50 Plus group, working with schools. And that was for a year, because funding was for a year. Then I did some freelance work writing, writing the education part for a proposal for a heritage lottery bid for St Tyler's Church in Clanswood Major. And they, that was successful, so that was really good. And then I got a job last September working in Blyna Gwent for a place called Ledwefty House, which was an old Iron Master's house. So I was learning an innovation office for that. Again, with the volunteers, working with schools. It was a really hard project and I think working off a business plan that's been written several years before with a recession in the middle right. in a valley's town is hard work. And the Volder Valleys are very hard hit anyway. Yeah, you know, a couple of reasons. I just didn't enjoy the work. Certain people I didn't like in the project. So again I felt like I'm not gonna do this. So I thought, right, what I'm going to do is start supplying again, go travelling in the summer, which is this summer, and if I like it, then I'll apply for jobs abroad. So where are you going this summer? This summer, I'm going to Thailand, travelling, so it's almost booked, but I know everything. But it's been quite weird because I've, I've loved going back to teaching. I really enjoyed it. It's, it's gone from, well, it's something I can do and a sort of means to an end to something I thought, wow, I love it. And I've just the other day been offered a job now for two terms, possibly a third, in the school I love going to. Fantastic. Yeah, so I'm really pleased. So although my kind of moving abroad plans have been put back, I'm really happy. Do you think it's the right time for you to be to, to be into teaching? Do you think you maybe you were it was the wrong age when you when you went in the first time? Do you think that maybe is why you feel like that? Or what wrong age for me? Or yeah, what? for you, not for not yeah. you can't really extend yeah. these things. <laughs> I don't know really. I think sometimes it's good to step back from something and have that kind of reflection or like reflexivity, you know, and, and be able to think, okay, well, I am good at this. I am good at that draw on other experiences and I think being a bit older helps as well whether it's your confidence because I think we've all been there in certain situations where you'll have maybe a colleague or a boss that will really kind of shoot you down 
or being just a work environment that is not a conducive work environment at all. Yeah. So you, I mean, I know I, when I left teaching, I was a shadow of my former self. And I think, you know, that sort of the has gone on in my private life as well, that um, just made me feel a bit rotten. But, yeah, I think now I'm, I'm a better teacher it's, I guess you've had a lot more life experience as well, yeah. and, and you've kind of had a had a a lot of different kinds of teaching experiences yeah, with this heritage exactly. stuff, and you've yeah. taught different ages, so that, that that all feeds back into what you're exactly, doing. Exactly, yeah. So I've never really come away from teaching, and the fact that my my boss in my previous heritage job sort of reprimanded me for being for thinking like a teacher, I thought, well, you can't get away from. It. Sorry, if you are, you are. You know, I think. I hope that it's something in me, and that's why I'm good at it, rather than, I don't know. I love it, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it again. And did you, when you were a child, did you, what did you think that you would be when you grew up? <laughs> I went from everything, being very young, from like, zoologist, because um, I liked animals, and then I realised you'd have to cut them open, and I knocked that one on the head. <laughs> I did, after seeing... One episode of ER, I did think I quite fancy being a doctor, and then it was a forensic pathologist. Um, so it was that silent witness time, or yeah, that kind of. And there was something else. Or, I think it was the first series of silent witness, yeah. but and I that was my thing for quite a while. I think that was doing GCSEs because I remember I wanted to do biology, physics, chemistry, and AS maths. I ended up doing English, French, and geography. <laughs> and the thing that put me off was my mum, who used to be a nurse, said, "You realise that decaying bodies smell disgusting. I smell bed sores, and that's what it is, rotting flesh." And I thought, uh, maybe not. Yeah. And then when I was in uni, I wanted to be going to like property management because I spent a summer working on a project office some homes down the bay and I lived it so I was really keen on doing property and then I don't know what happened to that then I changed my mind and decided no charity work is where it's at there's no consistency so in my career history you tried a lot of different things yeah but that's good I mean it is good I think it's good it's funny what you were saying earlier on as well I think when you're younger and I, I, I even find this now I mean even at 29 I still find that people treat you because in the libraries where I've worked I've always worked with middle-aged women mm. and I've been the only man and I've been a young man so everybody's yeah. always mothered me yeah and I think that that's the other side of kind of what you're talking about of being, when you feel small in a, in a, in a job yeah, definitely. That, that when you're young people people who are older they, they don't they inst- instinctively they treat you like you're a child rather than as an adult and then as you get older you suddenly find yourself walking in and suddenly people are listening to you a little bit more and you're like what the hell's going on I'm the same person I was last week but suddenly it's a confidence thing maybe maybe if you're confident they will treat you you know with respect but if you're not then they don't maybe that's what it is it's kind of I think definitely with teaching and, and supply teaching particularly it's almost like if you go in frightened kids can smell fear yeah. definitely they can you've got to go in and be quite this is what we're doing this is this this is that and be quite forthright yeah um, and if you don't then yeah because do, you've been doing supply teaching is a strange one isn't it because every day you're going into a different location yeah pretty much I mean I tend to go to the same schools maybe. okay so they kind of got to know you as their kind of yeah, regular it's really, Yeah, it's really, really nice when that happens. And it's great when you kind of get children rushing up to you. Just who you might have talked once or twice. That's really Well, that's good as well because, I mean, I, I, as I was, I was saying to you earlier on, my, my girlfriend works in schools as a support assistant and she, I think she finds that... It, it's more of a challenge if there's a supply teacher that they don't know and they've got yeah. no relate. And it's hard for the supply teacher, it's hard for the kids, it's hard for the staff. Yeah. I mean, you know, they get through it and, and no one in that situation is a bad teacher. It's just, yeah. it's a hard situation and if you know them a bit more, yeah. that's, uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. You've been through some ups and downs yeah. and you're now at quite a positive sort of situation in your life. Yeah. Really, 
things that, that's why I'm sort of getting yeah, I think. Yeah, quite positive. Ever since sort of sixth form, well, I say sixth form, but probably before sixth form diagnosed, I had suffered from quite bad depression. Oh, right. and okay. And that's had quite an impact on maybe choices I've made or decisions, and yeah, and it's been quite tough at times. Um, but at the moment, yeah, I'm feeling quite positive. And I think maybe sometimes that's that's to do with getting older as well. Yeah, I think so. You're able to, to look at things a lot differently. And I don't know, sometimes you just get like a moment of clarity. Yeah. Or you see something and you think, you know, nothing, nothing big is, is going to happen. Nothing bad has happened, you know. I'm not going to die. This person's not going to die. And just have to go get through it. And I'm quite... I don't know, talk, talking about feelings, like deep feelings, I'm not very good at. I tend to put it all in a box and put it to myself rather than talk about things, which is such a good but I think it's got its pros and its cons though yeah. because I mean, I come from a family where everybody talks about their emotions and yeah. their feelings. I can't say that's always been a good thing. Yeah, it's like somewhere in the middle is probably the ideal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think... It's look. I try and be quite a, a glass half full. I say because it's because I've drunk the other half of it. But <laughs> yeah, I think you you know it's really important to be like that. And think well, you know, I am healthy. I'm, I've got roof over my head. Food. Got a really good family. Got lovely friends. So as long as you're aware of your emotions putting them in the box is a very sensible defensive move I yes. think I mean it's if you don't look in that box sometimes I think that's yeah. probably where it's harder because yeah. I, I think sometimes at school you know it felt like I was and our group and all of us were like we do you, know, do you sort of think we're sort of built up to have a little bit higher expectations than maybe what life ends up being do you know what I mean like we were kind of the, one of the first generations where we all went to uni. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Everyone went to uni. And like you're saying, like yeah. some people may not have been suited for uni. Others might, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it was a I sort of strange was, time. you know, through no fault of anybody, it was, well, you're clever. You will go to university. Yeah. And therefore, kind of career advice nil in school. I saw the careers of Isa maybe twice and they were very... It's rubbish. A-levels aren't the end of the world. Going to uni is, it might be best if you work first. The person I know who's done the best financially out of all the people I know yeah. from school is Steve, who's a builder these days. Really? Like foreman. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he didn't go to uni. He's and DJing still. Yeah, probably is Yeah, DJing he did stuff. my sister's wedding oh, did he? last August and he did my 30th last September. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> I've been trying to get in contact with him, but yeah, brilliant. I mean, I spent all of my childhood in Steve's house, really, yeah. in Ely. It's really nice to see Sue as well. And, yeah, oh, lovely. Oh, that's, well, that's that's nice to hear. But yeah, I mean, last time I saw him, you know, we played pool together, my mate Owen as well. And uh, yeah, I remember just being like, wow, you know, you, you're, you're doing what's right for you. And I wish, I don't know, I think I... I should have done theatre, or that, yeah. that was the right thing to do, but I wish that I'd have known what the course entailed a, a bit more, yeah. like I think that's partly the university don't explain it right, and then partly the school doesn't necessarily always set you up for it, and so Definitely. you find yourself doing something, and you've committed to it for three years, yeah. and you have no idea, it's not what you wanted to do, but yeah. you have to do it for three years, you've yeah. got no option. Yeah, exactly. Well, it feels like you don't have an option because it's kind of like what you say. Yeah. You do have an option, but you don't yeah. feel like you do. And, and I think when you're that age, sort of in university or just come out of A-levels, it's really hard to stop and say, hang on, this is not right for me, and start again. Because when you're that age, you're kind of, you haven't got such a wide view of financial aspect. So. No the money you might have spent on that course actually in real terms for the rest of your life is not that much even yeah. though it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean obviously it's a lot of money but in, in real terms the whole of your life it's not or 
you know, the time you've spent as well, it's not a lot of time. And I think that's one thing definitely I've learned, and maybe a lot of people say, well, you've chopped and changed a lot. Well, yeah, but if you're not happy, don't worry about it, do something about it. That's right. And anyway, chopping and changing is a healthy thing to do. I think people get very bored in a job or they stop sort of thinking about things if they get in a job for too long. Not all, not everybody and not every job, but certainly I'm glad to have changed, finally changed from being a library assistant to doing something slightly different. So I did that for about seven years and I just fell into that and there was no choice. It was just like finished uni, have to make some money. Yeah was the first job and I applied to do like I remember I applied to be an undertaker like any anything that, that I did yeah. and then I ended up getting a job in a library I was living in Lancaster which is a kind of town yeah and I got a job in a library in a council estate in a city nearby Preston yeah. so every day I had to commute yeah. from Lancaster to Preston which is quite a, a long commute on trains and stuff to go to this very deprived council mm. estate tiny little branch library where all the kids it's funny I always sort of say that after I worked in that that library I went to, to work in another library in a kind of smaller village around that area and the local newspaper on the front of it had this all of the kids with ASBOs and I knew half of the kids with ASBOs from when I'd worked in the council yeah. estate um, they'd mostly come in and broke the windows and stuff um, and it was weird to sort of realise that I've been writing the I mean I kind of should have known at the time but yeah. I, it's funny when you're working in that kind of an environment you you don't process it yeah, I know at the mean. time yeah. and then afterwards I look back at that year when I worked there it was probably my lowest year of my life most miserable year of my life my girlfriend was also not very happy then so it was like yeah. a really hard year but at the time I didn't have time to like I didn't yeah. get to, I didn't get depressed then right but what happened was after that year then I was like then and it, the war yeah came out, the mist. that's yeah. right the mist came out and then I was like whoa I'm really down now and uh, feel really knocked by that experience yeah. but uh, I think changing jobs is a healthy thing to do because we're not one thing and you get bored doing one thing yeah and I think my I was concerned as well that being a teacher you should be giving your all all the time because you're teaching young people and it's a responsibility responsibility. and I thought if I had kids I would hate them to have an empathetic teacher who is not committed who goes in and doesn't want to be there so I thought you know I, I don't feel like I'm doing people who I should be doing justice justice yeah whereas now I feel like I can go in and I can be a bit more a teacher and, and hopefully do something. It's, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, like, I still feel it and I felt it coming up to it, but, you know, you, you're scared of being 30, yeah. right? But then when you when it sort of comes, you realise that, yeah, okay, like, that in October when I'm 30, I will not be happy on that day. Yeah. But generally speaking, I am so much more together now. Yeah. than when I was 20 you know yeah. I mean it's, it's much better to be 30 yeah. than it is to be 20 you sort of know who you are I think I mean in a lot of ways I think I'm more together now than I was then but in a lot of ways I think I'm just better at dealing with randomness I, I don't have a plan of, of what's going to happen or you know a lot of people now say, got my five-year plan on my five-day plan possibly <laughs> but I think now I'm just better suited to change and more independent which is a good thing and a bad thing why is it a bad thing because I, I want to do what I want to do and I don't want anyone spoiling any plans I have yeah and that sort of gets in the way of relationships and things like that because you find it hard to tolerate other people's plans or yeah, well, I, I, I suppose I've lived on my own for quite a while so living with other people ah, is yeah. really, they've been really hard which I'm going to be doing so I'm probably going to have a house share moving back home in the summer going to probably house share October time oh wow because so, that is I always think like I lived with 10 people at uni yeah. and then 4 people 
and now for a long time just me and my girlfriend lived together and then we've now moved into a situation where my sister comes to live with us occasionally and it's hard to make that adjustment of being like I don't know in a couple you form this single thing and you know you are your yeah. you walk around slobbing out or whatever yeah, or you, you know yeah. but when other people are there it breaks that and if you're single it's it must be even more intensive than that yeah you know? very much so but it's good to have a check one of my things about going abroad is saving enough money to come back buy a place of my own because i would be able to do that if i lived in a different country lived in asia or something yeah. i'm going out on my own i'm really independent in that way i'm not it's a very brave um, thing to do, I think. I'm strong and tough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of people say it's very stupid as well, but I haven't got that attachment of a boyfriend or kids. Or I've got my friends, my family. If I'm going to mix, but they'll still be here. You know what's going to happen? The week before yeah. you're going to get a boyfriend, yeah. you're going to meet the man that you're in your dreams. I'm really, I'm really kind of anti meeting meeting ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
he was already at the bar. You know, I'm quite open to paying for myself or going debt or something. But it is always nice if a guy buys a first drink okay. on a date or something. Especially as he already had when we stood at the bar for about five minutes and I ended up saying, oh, I'm going to get a drink, do you want one? Now I've got one, thanks, it's all right. And then I said something mildly amusing and he laughed, his laugh made my ears bleed. <laughs> it literally, and I, this sounds so shallow, doesn't it? And every time, I mean, I must have been on form that night because he laughed quite a lot and the only way I could cope with it was getting really drunk. So I did get quite wrecked. That night. He might have been nervous though, that might have been why he's it laughing. Awful. It was really awful though. So, you know, I like a laugh. I like to laugh with someone and I like hearing people laugh. Was it like the oh. frequency of it or something? Like the tone? It was just the fact that he sounded like a donkey on accent. Okay. It was just awful. And it was such a pity because we walked home and it was like the first snow of winter and it should have been so romantic and it was just me kind of falling over the place. And we never spoke again. That was all before. Do, um, do you think you're quite fussy about men? <laughs> <laughs> Some people would say no because I have got out on quite a few dates with people. But I think when you're single, you might as well try. Yeah, I've thing. got certain things that are really important to me, which sound really silly. I can't stand it. People don't like animals. Right. In a nice, you know, not in like like animals, you know. I, you know yeah. what I mean? I do know. Yeah. Um, it sounds awful as well. I'm really allergic to cats. So if they've got cats, then well, I can't go out with them. So they've got to be an animal lover, but not a they cat got, lover. Yeah, because <laughs> if I I can't stay in, I couldn't stay in someone's house for a long time continuously if they've got cats and I wouldn't give up my dog for somebody so why should they give up their cat? Yeah. Which is fair enough I think. Cat with their first. They've got to work hard as well. That's a really important thing for me. I feel like I'm on match stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they got to work hard because I work hard and if somebody doesn't work hard I don't get it. I wouldn't get it in a relationship. They've got to understand that my job involves long hours sometimes. I would be perfectly okay with them having long hours. And if they came home and were just like, oh yeah, I hate my job every single night, that would really frustrate me. They've got to have a bit of drive. Okay. Well, They've got to be taller than me as well. Everybody always hard. says that taller thing. It's not hard, but I don't quite like to. You are quite sure. Why is it important for men to be taller than women? Because we like to feel protected. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. No, it's just nice. It's just... I would feel really... I mean, I'm just under 5 foot 2. If I had to only look at a slightly to someone, it would mean that he would be 5 foot 4. That's really short. What if he was really attractive and he was a really hard worker and he had a dog and he liked dogs? Yeah, and he would just be weird. And I just think, oh, we'd have teeny children and that would just <laughs> not be fair at all. It's a weird one, isn't it? It's it is. I think people say you can't help people. And in a way, you can't. But in a way, yeah, you can. You just stop yourself. <laughs> 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 okay. I don't know if I, if I was single now. I don't know if I would buy the, the girl a drink or not because it, 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 I, I, I guess I would, right? Because I would yeah. err on the side of they, they might expect it, and if I yeah. if I offer and they say no, then that's cool. Yeah. But if I don't offer, then they that might be a black yeah. mark against me. I never expect someone to pay for a long time. Yeah. It's like the first drink is nice. Especially as I'm usually late for things. So, but, so the, the guy's got to buy the first drink. Yeah. But do, does the guy have to ask you out as well, or do you ask oh, the no. guy? Oh, no. You ask the guy. Yeah. Well, no problem. not that fussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in a way, if you're fussy, then you, you then you definitely should ask someone out if, they, if they're the right person. Yeah. Like, because yeah. otherwise they might they might not ask you, and then, yeah. But, um... They might say, they wouldn't ask me out. Well, they might, well, no, I'm not saying they wouldn't. I'm not saying they wouldn't ask you out. I'm just saying that, you know, they might be nervous. They might be shy. That's what I always think. I mean, I I guess, because I'm a guy, when I, when I, and I've got a lot of female friends who, I've had conversations like this with with a lot of women. 
fact, this is what I mostly did at school, really, was I just hung out with all the girls and talked about relationships. I always sort of think, well, I just worry about shy and insecure guys that, that we never come across, like, we never set ourselves up right, so we sort of kind of get written off. The tall thing, that's that's just a, a physical preference. Some people don't so, some people don't. I've got small friends who have taller girlfriends. Some people would say, oh no, I'm not going out with someone who's five foot two. Yeah. Nice. Certainly really, really tall guys. I always think it's really funny when you've got a really, really tall guy and a really short girl. It's really hard. Did you? That sounds like a logistical nightmare. That's fine. I can assure you. Okay. Okay. Why do you think that people still expect that first drink? I mean, if I was there first, I wouldn't just hang around waiting for a guy to buy me no, a drink. No, you'd buy a drink, and, a drink. And, and, and I'd say, well, he can be on, uh, do you want a drink? Uh, I don't know, it's just guys usually say that, don't they? Yeah. You, you bought my coffee today, that yeah. was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a really thorny nightmare now, though, because yeah. there, there are lots of women who don't want their drinks bought for them because of, you know... Feminism and yeah. equality and stuff. It's a weird one because I think for me, maybe it's to do with how much you fancy the person as well. I mean, and this doesn't happen to me. I don't actually meet many blokes. I'm quite insecure about relationships and things anyway, and going out on dates. And, so I don't go out with many people at all. Okay. If I really like them and, I, and they would offer to pay, then that, that's fine. If I didn't like them so much, they offer to pay a till or let's go, you know, choose that or whatever because, because then I, I Because you don't intend to take the relationship yeah, any further, maybe. it seems a little bit unfair yeah, to, yeah. to expect them to yeah, pay. So. Okay, I guess it's kind of a ritual, isn't it? It's kind of a, a convention, yeah. but you know, it's part of the process of getting into a relationship. I mean, I've got friends who there is no way they would pay for anything on the first few days. No yeah. way. And I just find that really odd. Yeah, I find that quite odd. Because, do you know, it's not fair. You do, unless you're going out with someone who's a really good mate, so you kind of know their job and can, well, you can sort of gauge their financial ins and outs or whatever. If you're just meeting someone for the first time, you don't know. And it's just not fair, it's not nice. You want to be seen as nice as well. Definitely. It's weird. Well, I don't think I've ever been able to pay the first drink. I think every 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 person. I don't know. I've only really been out with two people though. Yeah. So my, my girlfriend wouldn't let me pay because she just really believes in paying her own way yeah. and keeping everything equal and stuff. That's good. And uh, yeah, I don't remember ever buying a drink for my first girlfriend who yeah. you yeah. also knew I yeah. think that just happened teenage relationships just happen yeah, don't they exactly. you don't have yeah. to go on a date you just no. you end up copping and that's it do people say that anymore in Cardiff I guess it's a young thing isn't it I've not heard that for ages really <laughs> it's co- like I, I've learned not to say Cardiff words like copping because no one knows what it means yeah. Or going on the knock, no one knows what that means. I don't know. My friends, funnily enough, don't really cop off with people anymore. No, that's true. <laughs> it's very it's a much a teenage activity, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But so is going on the knock. I mean that's it. I mean all of these words yeah. they are. So I d I don't know what this I'll have to ask my year sexes when they go back. Yeah, because yeah, that might be a bit creepy. So what do you want to kiss in nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yeah, copping is snogging and going on the knock is uh, skiving off school. Off school. Mitching. Yeah, yeah mitching's another mitching. word they won't know. Yeah. <laughs> there were quite a few names for going on the knock or mitching. Skiving. Yeah. So this is about the time in the conversation that I ask people, do you have, and it's a weird question for most yeah. people, but do you have anything that you want to plug, like promote? So it doesn't have to be something personal, it can be just a more general thing. Well, apart from the fact that I'm young, free and single. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know nothing. You've got to remain young, free and single till after you get back from travelling. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not looking to settle down for years. So I'll understand if I don't get any feedback from this. It's, it's exactly That's why. because of that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. That's right. Yeah.
Because no one fancies me. You were always quiet, but I think you you were you, you were one of the fancied girls in school. You were like there was like the group in drama. There were like four or five of you that everybody fancied at school. I think. <laughs> quite a lot of people in school though. Yeah, I didn't snog very many people in school. I think I actually... Huh? A couple? I snog, yeah, I snog a couple of people. I think I, I once snogged you at Spin yeah, the Bottle. Spin the Bottle. Yeah, which is a strange thing. Bizarre. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Oh, See, I, don't, I haven't snogged very many people, so I had to like, make sure I remembered oh. everyone. But, yeah. <laughs> well, that's quite a strange... Strange note uh, to be to be bringing the interview to a close, but it's been really a pleasure getting better acquainted yeah, you with too, you. Though. When you get to the end of the interview, people become aware of the microphone again. You sort of forget yeah. about it for a little bit in the middle, and then you remember. This is the bit where everyone really remembers the microphone because it's where I say, "Would you like to say goodbye to the audience?" Goodbye, audience. <laughs> goodbye. You can find getting better acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook, it's Getting Better Acquainted, have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted. I'm going to be running and comparing a monthly show called Stand Up Tragedy. Check it out at www.standuptragedy.co.uk The first night will be happening on the 6th of February and tickets are available for that and for all the nights from the Leicester Square Theatre box office. It's also going to be available as a podcast so check it out on its SoundCloud page or have a search for it on iTunes and subscribe there. The live nights are going to be fantastic. I've got some really great acts booked and we're not just having a live night we're also going to be releasing a free weekly short form this time podcast of extracts from those shows it's time to go